SecondCityHockey.com Jonathan Taves. Commit to us. Commit to the jersey. Commit to our people here. on Madison has come back to the Second City Hockey Podcast Network. Welcome in to another episode. It's been a while. I'm your host, Dave Melton, the site manager here at Second City Hockey, and I've got all my usual line mates back with me this evening. First off, the analytics darling of Second City Hockey, Shepard Price. Hi, I can see the Royal Rumble from my house. Is that, is that coming? I thought that was, isn't that a winner thing? It, it is, but it's okay. being held in St. Louis, and it's like a five, if that, minute walk from my apartment. Well, well, try not to get any of St. Louis on you while you're there. Oh, it's already happened. I take frequent walks around the city. Have um, you uh, have you tried emos yet? Yes, and it is bad. And I do not like Prevel, <laughs> I do not like Prevel cheese. I think that's the Chicago in in me that like, hey, pizza's not supposed to taste like this. Um, just FYI. Uh, so I have two other places I frequent that are way better. Okay. Um, I, have you had the, uh, twisted ravioli or twisted uh, toasted Toasted. Twisted ravioli sounds even better, but toasted ravioli. I, I, I fear with like a twisted ravioli that all the filling would come out. Well, yeah, it was toasted is the word there. It's it's been a month, you know, we're we're still, still in preseason trying to get, trying to get our legs underneath us, get, get the, get the pipes going. So we're okay. Um, so, uh, while we're on that topic, uh, I don't know where I'm going with that segue either, but let's let's go with it anyway, because we got to bring in two more people. First off, he is the second city hockey. What Dylan Slocum is the Spanish love songs. It is Mil Savage. Opa, Dave. I'm Opa. so excited to be here. <laughs> don't, don't contain your excitement on my behalf, please. I mean, get it all out. Oh, we got training camp stuff. Oh, oh, we it's, do. Oh, boy. It's going to be wonderful. We've got we've got practice takes out the, I I don't know. And also with us this evening, she is the second city hockey bull and wall of text. It is Betsy. Um, I want you guys to know that I'm drinking a half strawberry, half mint shake right now, um, because my mom can't remember which flavor I like best, and actually said both. Um, it's not bad, actually. There's weirdly good combination i was gonna say that 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 is the first time in the history of i've ever heard strawberry and mints put together i have never i love both so those are like my two go-to flavors and yeah my mom was like which one do you want and i was like strawberry and then she was like i forgot and i think maybe they gave you both so they did a side by side um at steak and shake and i was like okay um it kind of reminds me of gum but like good bubble gum has like a mint flavor too. I don't like know like fruity mint. Like there's like fruity mint gum that that exists. But I'm so it tastes pretty good. I've been like going mixing it back and forth a little. Bit. <laughs> Trying to that just made me sad like because when I would come home from Hawks games or I get off on the highway, there used to be a steak and shake, and every time they won, I'd get a shake. And you, what's that? Ahead. I was just gonna say, you know, you just know when you get a flavor and you're just like. I can't decide if I like this, but then you're like, I think I like it. That's where I am right now. There used to be a lot of shakes, Mill. Not as much anymore. Yeah, that's why I'm fat now. I used to get <laughs> banana shakes a lot. Uh, I figured it would be opposite. Like, you used to be fat, but now because the Hawks don't win as much, you don't get as many shakes. Do you Maybe guys they just... have steak and shakes up there? Oh, we do. Or? We do. Okay. 
We do. They just closed that one. Maybe that's why the Hawks yeah. suck now. <laughs> Steak and Shake was the place that you would go to when you were in high school because it was the only place you could be after 10 o'clock out in public. Or Everyone Shoops would... for me. What? Did you say Shoops? Yeah, because it's a crown point thing. Yeah, but but Shoops, doesn't they close at midnight? They used to stay open after football games, and if they oh. won, it was like a big deal. All right. I'm uh, I'm currently consuming a Miller High Life, so uh, we're getting – uh, any, anyone else, Shepard, Mill, anything good on the uh, the drink menu this evening? Uh, gin uh, and juice. Yeah. Oh, now it's a party. I drank so much for this weekend because it was my birthday, so I literally can't drink. Hey, every, everyone, happy late birthday to Mill Savage. Yeah, thanks. I didn't mean to, like, push that. I just meant, like, I drank like it was, <laughs> it was like, bad. You I drank like it was like, your 21st birthday, but it definitely wasn't? Yeah, that's the thing is my body can't do that anymore. I had Miller High Life at the bowling alley. That was, like, the perfect bowling alley beer. I, I have, uh, like I've, I dabbled in the craft beer for a long and still do. Like I, I enjoy going to breweries and trying new stuff, but it's really fun to just come back to the high life. Like that is, it's, it's cheap. It's pretty good. And it's just, it's, it's, it's versatile. I, I think this is basically like, it's the uh, equivalent of a guy, uh, a hockey player who can play on every line and fit in well. It's just, it's a good mix no matter where you put it. That's fair. The Philip Kurashev beers. It, it is yeah, exactly Shepard. It is the Phil Kurashev of beers. They're, they're going to change the tag like from the champagne of beers to the Kurashev of beers. I think I might just refer to Kurashev as the high life for the rest of the summer, <laughs> that for works. the rest of the season while he's playing in Rockford. Let's let, let, no. let's not do that yet. Um, so it's it's playing, been about a playing in Rockford for Alex Nylander. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going back to drinking. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Me right there with you. So it's been about a month since we've uh, gathered in this space to talk. I guess uh, how how was everyone's summer vacation? Did you guys all uh, all survive? Vacation. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it was it was yeah. a whole month. So what is vacation? What is that? What is that like? My mine was good. All right. <laughs> Thanks, Mel. I'm glad I, I, someone. I uh, I went to a lot of wrestling shows this summer, which is cool. Uh, and uh, we did a new record and some stuff, so it was fun. It was kind of like an actual summer. It felt like school again. Recently, yeah. you were at the live return of CM. I was, and I was at uh, All Out, so I saw his first match back, which was cool. Um, but yeah, and All Out, I got on TV, which was actually I think I got on TV. I didn't see it yet, but Dave texted me in the Slack thing and was like, "Hey, nice sign." Yeah, your your uh, sign. I, I during uh, was it Rampage? Was that uh, the, the pay per view? Uh, or no, all out, uh, all out, all yeah, out. Yeah, there were. I saw your sign several times throughout the course of the night. So yeah, I, I have. Yet Congratulations to, I for being famous. Thanks. I don't want to buy the pay per view because it's like fifty dollars, and I paid enough, you know, to be there. But uh, the funny thing is, my sign is clearly in the CM Punk return, so now it's in the intro to the TV show, which is like a, a huge like joke. It's like a meme. And now we just need to get CM Punk on the podcast, please. I'm sure he'd, I'm sure he'd want to talk some Blackhawks hockey. I mean, he is he's actually they were talking about because TNT and Turner have AEW and now they're going to have some hockey. He was talking about getting involved with that after they hire all the actual professionals. I'm, I'm here for <laughs> it. You like guest commentary? I'd be here for it. Because then, they have so Jericho. Many, yeah, well Jericho and Kenny, like there's so many Canadians in there so they're all like like they're all like Winnipeg Jets fans. <laughs> Ooh, that must That's be weird. Yeah. Well, Jericho's dad played for the Rangers, so he might like the Rangers. I don't know. Well, but you a Jets fan when they haven't existed. Like, well, I, I mean, mean, they have existed. They just lost their first team, and they they got a. Second. I know. Yeah. What are you, are you going to be a, a Coyotes fan? <laughs> They're like super diehard, though. Like that. Like those fans in Winnipeg. I guess Wait. any Canadian market, but you know. Whatever. I'm just bitter because they took the Thrashers. I mean, they didn't take it. Like, <laughs> the, the arena here group was like, here, please take this team from us because we want to do nothing but concerts here. Well, more money, but... I hope that yeah. the Coyotes don't have to move, but you you might get them. Uh, no, uh, State Farm would never... The group that owns um, State Farm Arena does not want any other sports in them. Uh, um, they do not... <laughs> they, they tank the Thrashers, like constantly the ownership group they did not yeah they got sandbagged pretty bad at the end is state farm where the hawks played them yeah 
But it's okay. like That's the Atlanta Hawks, right? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, what are you talking about? The Hawks. <laughs> I don't pay attention to basketball even. I just want to clarify for all the all the big, <laughs> big Atlanta Hawks fans listening, we're not talking about their team. Okay. This is now a Chicago Bulls podcast. <laughs> yeah. No, um, this is now a Chicago White Sox podcast. You, hell yeah. We're going to lose in like the first round because our manager is the worst manager in baseball. Let's go. But somehow he's still the most competent manager in this or like head coach in the city. Actually, no, it's uh, James Wade. As a former Chicago Sky intern, I am now a huge Chicago Sky fan <clears> since <throat> they're in the WNBA playoffs. So actually, let's, uh, actually, both basketball teams have good coaches. The Bulls do too. How about the football team? No, no. Mm. Okay, cool. Let's not crickets. Talk about it. I'm putting. I'm editing crickets in that. <laughs> yeah, please do. Um, I don't know, Betsy Shepard. Any other summer vacation things? I guess Mill uh, Mill went to wrestling shows. I went to a couple concerts for the first time in like two years, so that was cool. Uh, that's all I got. I I worked. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I mean, yeah, yeah. Like yeah, this- they were too cool for us, Dave. They're off being adults. <laughs> I mean, I work too, but like I work like, and I was actually able to have like the reward of doing fun things again. I don't like to go out in the heat, and I, we've discussed my dislike yeah, of the the South during the summer. So, that's right. Well, then uh, it's, it's, a, it's about party time for you guys, then, ain't it? I love. I was. Yeah, I'm also. I was I'm just also talking about. The South now. Yeah, I know. I was. I was like, I was just arguing with somebody that the last three months of the year are the best because uh, the best weather. Um, for October and November, like right in between being too hot, too cold, you know, you're like in that perfect zone. And then in Georgia, December doesn't really get that cold, but you might get some snow, not a lot, but enough to be like, Ooh, snow. And, uh, you could start wearing sweaters, sweatshirts, boots, which are infinitely better than anything else. I just like being like warm, um, in like clothes, but not <laughs> heat. No, like- and then they have the best holidays with the longest breaks. I'm I'm, four I'm totally on board with this. Last three months of the year, best three months of the year. Absolutely. Yeah, well, in up? December too, like that's when the ice looks really good in the United Center because it's not 100 degrees outside. Uh, unless the, the Bulls play the night before because that messes up the ice. But like that's when the Hawks don't fall all over the place as much. I usually love traveling during October to go up north too because October is like when like DC, New York, Chicago, Philly, all of those places are beautiful. And mm-hmm. nobody is like an asshole because again, the weather is pretty nice. So people are like in between like states of being like too hot or too cold. Yeah, they're not they're not grumpy because of the heat or shivering. I mean, if you go to if you go to New York during like December or Philly during like I've been to Philly in November, like the very end of November, and it sucked and people were rude. All That's just time. Philadelphia in general. Those no, I've been to Philly. I've been to Philly in October too for hockey and People were super nice. Then, I'm sorry, I don't then, believe you. <laughs> <laughs> I've seen the Flyers. I mean, and, and no, the, when I went to, when I went to the Flyers game the first time I went, then we went. Um, I went with friends that had never gone. Uh, we were going to Philly because it's where one of my friends went, and um, this was like six, seven years ago. Um, yeah, seven. Uh, and we got like lower bowl seats. I didn't pay for a single drink while I was there. Uh, the guys that were behind us like they were like an older like older group of people and they were like oh let us tell you where you can go and we were like a little iffy on it because we were like uh maybe too old for where we might want to go but no every restaurant that they told us we, we went to three of them and they were all great not too expensive for us and then the second trip I went which was in November nothing but assholes like all around us we were in a place <laughs> There were people sitting in the front row putting their feet up on the glass. Like, what are you in a trailer park? Like, what's happening here? I don't understand. <laughs> it was just horrible. We had bad service. Like, we went to other, like, no, it was a bad experience all around. I've been to Philly three times, and the last time we went wasn't, was somewhere in between those two, and it was like mid November. You were so, sitting by like the Morlocks who live under the uh, Wells Fargo Center or whatever it's called now. It was it was just night and day, and there was only two years difference between when we went on those trips. So I don't, I just I remember being like, oh, I loved Philly the first time we went, and then the second time I was like, I don't know if I want to come back here. Like, I hate everything. Right. So so Philly, I, you're not going to go to Philly in the next month. Wait till next year. Got it. So I I, I think I'm waiting till next year. <laughs> well, um, I, I guess we should probably get to the reason we've all gathered on this Monday evening. Um, you guys want to want to talk some Blackhawks? preseason training camp feel feel the excitement 
Hell yes. Yeah. There it is. Feel there it. Is. Feel the heat. Feel the desire. Feel Blackhawks sleep preseason. I feel the crushing light of a looming loss heading over the Blackhawks' head as they take the ice for preseason. Um, yeah, really quickly touching on that, like uh, that was a few the subject of a few of our podcasts from the summer. That this uh, whole lawsuit is still there, and um, I it, it just seems like they're still the Hawks are trying to make it go away. Um, it's still being investigated. There's a bunch of people getting interviewed. All that's still going on. So uh, when the time comes, I guess we'll talk about it. But right now, there's really not too much going on related to that. Um, so now to make an awkward segue from that to Blackhawks training camp, which started last Thursday, they've been practicing at Fifth Third Arena. They practiced Thursday, Friday, Saturday, took Sunday off, and we're back on the ice again today. And uh, I don't know, I know none of us have been there in person. I might be able to sneak up there for one day to, to watch a, a scrimmage or two if, if uh, time allows me. But um, I, I don't know what news and notes you guys have been following, but uh, just for, for the entire panel, I'll throw it out to everyone. Uh, anything in particular that has stood out to you or something that's caught your eyebrows so far through the first four to five days of the 2021-22 Chicago Blackhawks season? Jonathan Taves is alive. Can confirm. James healthy. Alive. He's winning a hell of draws. So, seem, seemingly healthy, and he's also confused by tiny mics. Um, so, yeah, the, the captain is back. He's a very important player for this season. Um, he's going to be very important in a figuring themselves out as a new group locker room. Right. Um, and then the, apparently the, the other alternate captains were announced today, uh, being well, Patrick Kane and Alex to bring and probably Connor Murphy in some rotation. Yeah. Like the Hawks took all their team photos and to and Kane are wearing the A's in those photos. Taves obviously wearing the C and then, but there's no, uh, Carlton said there's been no formal decision related to that. Yeah. And last year, Murphy was the, yeah, on the road. So it's possible that they just don't have, he doesn't have an A because they don't wear it. They're, they're, they're in the home jerseys. Yeah. 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 There you go. It's weird because Duncan Keith started wearing an A full time in 0809 when Taves got named captains. So it's like he's gone now. And it's just, it's like, oh, like, didn't even think about that, you know? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. But I mean, that must be that mean that that the break it's uh, being a little bit more vocal and because really, I mean, that's just hey, go talk to the refs. <laughs> well, and it's also like he's behind Taves and Kane. He is yeah. The well, longest he's a star for sure. Blackhawk. I think him him and Murphy arrived at the same season, but the uh, Brinkett's played more games than Murphy has because Murphy's had a ton of injuries. So yeah, yeah. So. Uh, for me, I noticed that Kirby Doc is not skating with top six guys, and uh, that's a bit concerning for me. He did at this point he did today. He skated with like Kubalik. Okay, that's was, better. Was that in practice group B? Yeah, so they moved up. They like switched B and um, A around a little bit. So uh, Kubalik and Doc, and I don't remember who they were skating I, with. <laughs> Let's I mean, look. I know, I, know lines that, already. I know Tyler Johnson and Taves can take up those two, those one and two spots probably. But bottom line with Doc is like, it, hopefully he's healthy for 82 games and he gets to play and we get to see what he is for a season. But this is the year. Like you can't really. I was. Know. I was. That's yeah, really. Go ahead. No, I was going to say that my my opinion is that like so they keep saying we're we, we're all excited about Taves being back, but they still haven't said that he's actually going to play the very first game or anything like that. They're still mm-hmm. doing that whole we're taking it one day at a time, which is great. But if Taves isn't ready to go, then Tyler Johnson should not be one C. Um, like well, I think it's going to be a repeat of Suter who did admirable there, but was obviously not a fit at one C and that should go to doc and see what happens. And he's best. Go ahead. I don't think Tyler Johnson should be ahead of Kirby doc and the the depth chart at all period. Well, I'm not saying he should either. What I'm inferring is that Colleton is looking at it. Like he's, you know, experienced. He's won a couple cups. He's played in three finals. He's, you know, obviously he's talented and he, it's kind of like, yo, okay, but Kirby doc's supposed to be our future number one center. Like let's go. I yeah, don't I, them like letting doc kind of ease into it. 
if that's what they're doing. But I, I, yeah, I think that he should be given more responsibility, not less. And it's also not 2015 Tyler Johnson anymore. Like he busted his wrist a few years ago and hasn't quite been the same guy. Right. You know, so it's not, I don't know. It's, it's, it's like, it feels like the Hawks have done this with a few players that they've acquired that they think they're getting the two to three or four year version, a, a two to three to four years ago version of that player, not the present version of that player who's a very different type of athlete. So, uh, but that's going back to your, your Taves thing. I think the one thing, the most encouraging thing for me related to Taves is that like he's, he's practiced multiple days and he's back the next day. Cause it seems like from what he, when he, where he talked about this ailment that he had was that he, he just, he never recovered whenever he would go do something, his body would just be like, he'd be on the couch for like two or three days. The fact that he's been in practice every day and is like able to come back the next day and the day after that and the day after that, if he keeps doing that, like, um, it's very, that, that certainly raises the, the hopes for me that he's going to be back. And also just one thing that, uh, John Dietz from the daily Herald tweeted out today that I thought was an interesting or a good point was that everything, like every p- spot they're putting Taze in during practices are spots that makes you think he's going to be ready in the season open. Like he's playing second line center, whatever, second, first, whatever he's, he's in with all the a group. He's playing on the top power play unit. I think he was out there for some of the penalty kill practice today. So they're certainly preparing like he's going to be there when the season starts. Right. Yeah. I I just want them to temper, like, he shouldn't play play as many minutes. Doc should play more. And Johnson should somewhere, you know, pick up the slack somewhere. And I just, I don't, like... I don't know. I just, I worry about overkill, especially with Kane still having like a nagging injury. I'm like, you don't have to play them all out. We're going to come back to the Kane injury thing because that's, that's starting to bother me a little bit. Like it, cause it was from last season and he still got it this year. And I we'll we'll come back to that in a second. Um, the other thing was uh, the, that happened today in practice. And I believe it's the first time they've started doing this was a power play unit. So when, not only can we get upset about, lines during five on five play. Now we can get upset about power play units. The power play one grouping, as I'm trying to find on Twitter. It, oh, was, I, go Taves, ahead. it was Taves, Debrinket, um, Kane, Kane, Jones, and um Tyler Johnson in the middle. Yeah, Tyler Johnson. So Ugh. <laughs> Ugh. Ugh. Okay. Uh, I, I did, did the power I did play not the, run Go ahead, did the power play not run through Dominic Kubalik last season? Did that not happen? Did he not, was he not the most important player on the power play last season? He was. What the hell is Tyler Johnson doing ahead of Kubalik? Again, well, well I, you're I, overplaying I think, Tyler Johnson. I think it's it's a it's a role thing because like Kubalik, I mean, maybe if you want to put him in the middle, but he, he's a left-handed shot, correct? Isn't yeah. Kubalik's a lefty? Yeah. Yeah, so if you put him in the middle – like, because Kane's going to be on the right wing, DeBrigitte's on the left, Taves down low. And if you put Kubalik in the middle, if Kane's got the puck on the right wall where the puck always starts, it's, it's, you don't have Kubalik on his off wing. So that's where, like, it's, it's more of like a, it's, it's may not be the best fit. The second power play unit, which I, I, the, there's one name here that was most interesting to me, and you guys will probably notice it. Uh, Kalinuk, Kubalik, there you go. Kurashev, Doc, and Henrik Borgstrom. Was was very like I? They seem like they're really hell bent on making this Borgstrom thing work. Yeah, because Lucas Reichel is still with the team, right? He, they haven't done big cuts yet. Yeah, they still have sixty three guys at practice. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Lucas Reichel. Reichel's been with the A group the whole time, and Borgstrom hasn't. Like I think today was the first time he was with the upper group for a little while, right? I, yeah, I believe that's correct because they've been they've been rotating him every day. I, I've been more. I've been trying to watch like the bubble guys, like the, the Adam Gaudets and the Neilanders to see where they are. I just remember Strom was in there for two days and yes. Gaudet was in the third group for two days. Yeah. People were like, oh, because that third group was like n- not nobody's, but people they expected to be in the AHL or guys farther out. Um, yeah, I was- like I, I know we're not supposed to draw massive conclusions from like the first two or three days, but I don't know. You start Dylan Strom out with AHL guys. I feel like that can't not be some sort of message, right? <laughs> Yeah, I, I'm not really concerned with their special teams, though. 
it's more like I'm paying more attention to their five on five stuff. And if Strom's been with them the whole time, that can't be a good sign for anything. No, yeah. no. Strom was with the A group for the first two days. God damn. Oh, okay. So they just switched them? Yeah. they. Well, Strom went down to the second group. Um, okay. Group B. Um, and then they kept some people from group A to be with group B today. From when I, like, it looked like they like mushed them a little bit. Um, and they apparently like B and C scrimmaged one of the days, but I didn't. I didn't see any videos or notes from that from people. So I'm not actually sure. I, yeah. I believe that was over the weekend. Uh, I believe that was on Saturday and there's, I uh, think the, like you'll be, you'll get a much better picture of where things shake out. I think over the course of the next week, because they have uh, the big pr- uh, practice on Tuesday and then preseason games start Wednesday night. And, you know, it's usually, I believe the way the NHL, I, I've forgotten how the NHL preseason works because like we got the abbreviated one during the pandemic, but the other one was two years ago. But if I remember correctly, it's usually the home games is where they play all the, the top guys. And whenever they go on the road, they just send all the kids. They let the veterans stay home. So I, Wednesday night's game is at home against the Red Wings. So I think that lineup, ugh, me, well, <laughs> I think uh, you might get a little bit of an indication of where things are starting to look in terms of a roster. And they go pretty heavy. Like, there's games Wednesday, Friday, and then another one over the weekend. So we'll get, you know, for those of you who are just jonesing for some Blackhawks hockey, it's coming your way. It may not be the real thing yet, but it's it's an appetizer. Does anybody remember how many veterans they're required to have per preseason game? Nope. No, but they, they usually send a couple because somebody's got to wear the A's. I remember Seabrook used to get those like, road games a like lot. Six or eight or ten, like somewhere between six and ten. I I don't know who asked the question. I have to look, but Colleton fed the, a reporter some line about their defense saying uh, it'll be better if they're more aggressive. And that's the thing that I've been thinking about. I'm like, yo, you have maybe a better defensive core, but this system – doesn't work so well <laughs> i don't know like how i'm supposed to take that if, if he really thinks like oh they didn't play hard enough it's like dude come on well that's the the quote from tyler johnson today was that the hawks had a lot of talent last season they just didn't have enough grit so he said Ugh. we're gonna, we're gonna be a little more sand like, oh man Ugh. I don't. I, I think there's a reason half the roster turned over from last season and i don't think it's because they weren't trying hard enough <laughs> it's like yeah, that. I mean, I I know it's it's hockey players. It's it's press conferences. They don't ever say anything interesting. They just spit out the same bullshit cliches. But that one yeah, was just if, like, come on, really? But if anything, they're, aggression, they're, aggression and grit are not the problem when Nikita Zadorov and Andrew Shaw are on the roster to start. The well, year. right, and and the power play and the goaltending was outplaying the coach. So it's like that you can't like I I, I don't know if they have enough talent to outplay the coach for eighty two games. No. You know, hey, we almost we almost made it through the first segment of the podcast of the preseason before we had a Jeremy Colleton issue. I can't take it anymore. It's like this is year four. I know. No, we haven't even had years. a game yet. <laughs> yeah, but this guy's coming out in the press and saying that their defense is bad because they're not aggressive enough. I, right. Again, again, that was not the problem. Nikita Zadorov. Yeah, it's you're out of position by on design. the team. And, the other thing is, go ahead. I'm sorry. I'm at least a little excited. I'm not excited about the system, obviously, but I'm excited to see the defensive group because I do think they're much more mobile than they were last year. Yeah. Like Murphy and Calvin Dahan are never going to be speedsters, but neither one of them are, are slow, slow either. Um, and whatever we think about Jones, he can skate. Um, mm-hmm. Cab is a great skater. Kalinuk is a great skater. Um, I even think, the lesser Jones is a, is a good skater. And I think he'll be like the number seven, um, which is probably ideal. And then they'll be able to pull up um, uh, Mitchell or Badan at any point. And they're both great skaters. So I think at least in that point, they might be able to physically be more aggressive, which, you know, I, <laughs> as a play, they can like, skate can do their it. way out of trouble. <laughs> But like, you don't want to depend on skating your way out of trouble. All I know. Season. I just. I, th- I think it's also the idea that they can like skate up to challenge opposing forwards. I think is also part of the, the idea he was getting at. Is like their their mobility allows them to be more aggressive because a they can they can get in people's faces quicker and b they have the ability to recover if they Let's see if they defend the blue line because that's like my one thing that my biggest pet peeve from last year was the blue line. Second biggest pet peeve was chasing people behind the net. 
if they could get one of those two things not to happen, I'm going to be like, okay, baby steps. And that's a perfect place for us to take a quick pause. We're going to take a quick timeout, get a few commercials in, pay a few bills. And then we're going to come back on the other side of this timeout. And we're going to talk about a few things that we're going to be keeping an eye on during the Blackhawks preseason games coming up over the next week. So come on back on the other side of this timeout just for that. Welcome back to Musings on Mass. And as promised before the break, we're going to dive into some talk about some things we're going to keep an eye on during the Blackhawks preseason. Also, uh, you probably were listening to commercials, but during the break, we've learned that Mill might be gritty. So uh, congratulations to Mill on your, uh, I guess, backup career choice for you. Thank you. I I, uh, I wanted to be Tommy Hawk, but he has some coked out looking purple eyes. So I decided <laughs> to just go with Gritty. <laughs> but but Gritty's eyes are totally not coked out. Well, they're more googly. Really. They're kind of like, okay. they're drunk more. Touche. Yeah, that's fair points. Fair points. Um, so, yeah. Anyway, the Blackhawks, for, the, for those of you missing uh, some Blackhawks hockey, because we haven't had a game since, it's like May 10th, I think, is the last game of the year. You're going to get some Blackhawks hockey coming up very soon. They play Wednesday night at home against the Detroit Red Wings. Uh, 7.30 puck drop. They play Friday at home against Shepard St. Louis Blues. Sorry, Shepard. My St. Louis Blues? Yeah. Well, no. then they play, I have one team, and it's not the St. Louis Blues. Then they play on Saturday. In, well, it's on the road against the St. Louis Blues, but it says they're playing at the Cable Dahmer Arena in Independence, Missouri. Shepard, do you have any idea what that is? That is a suburb of Kansas City, and that is where the Oregon Trail started. <laughs> Speaking of drunk, uh, that was a lot more information Foley. I thought we were getting. Yeah, that was, that was surprisingly uh, informative. Yeah. And speaking of drunk, this is Pat Foley's last season, so <laughs> definitely try to enjoy him on these games if you can. He's going to be doing tequila shooters up in the booth, and uh, make sure to, to to keep track of how many soft serve. Uh, shots he goes to this season because those are his last soft serve shots. Easy mm. for you to say. <laughs> uh, also, the Blackhawks play on uh, next Monday night against the Red Wings in Detroit. Uh, so four preseason games coming Ooh. up in a six-day span. So again, if you've been missing Blackhawks hockey, uh, th- there's a lot coming your way. Uh, Betsy started talking a little bit about watching uh, the Blackhawks prevent zone entries and what was the other thing you're watching for? I'm in the going next- behind the net. There you go. Not chasing players behind the net, which uh, should be, should be <laughs> I guess we'll see. I, I think, and I guess piggybacking off that, just some other things that Shepard and Mill, you guys are watching. Uh, one thing I'll throw out kind of in that regard is just, just the end zone coverage in general and uh, whether or not they leave players wide open in front of the net. And if they're, huh. you know, if they're making, if they're making switches defensively, if they actually happen. So just, just the general end zone coverage, cause it's, it's hard to draw too many conclusions from a preseason game, but if there's just, if it's blatantly obvious about defensive mistakes, that's going to be a, it's going to be a problem. So Shepard Mill, any things you guys are keeping your eye on? Uh, Shepard, do you want to go first or should I go off? Uh, Turnovers. um, Especially like uh, just try and be better about them this season and try and be like have a positive ratio. Uh, at the end of the season, um, there were a lot of bad turnovers last season. Um, Which also, I want to also I want to see Dominic Kubalik because he's if he's in the B group, I don't know what that's about because he is again. If Jonathan Taze is healthy. I don't know why Dominic Kubalik well, is not playing the first, with Jonathan Taze. The first few days, the line I believe it was Taves, Kubalik, and Hagel. That was those three were together for several days early on in the. Yeah, practice. I'm pretty sure they just swapped them around so they could pull other people up to play with the A group for a little bit. I mean, he went down with Doc, and I want to say Hagel was in that group too. So I think – not no, he wasn't because Reichel played with Hagel. But they sent down Kurashev, two, and at least one other player. You were like, oh, okay, well. So I don't, I don't, I don't think you should read anything into that. Still, don't play him on the third line. <laughs> play him on the first. Play him on the third first line, with Taves. I think he'll be glued to Taves. I don't. I don't think we'll break. Yeah, I, I think it, it does seem like so far in practice that Taves and Kubalik will be together on a line. It's, it, Hagel's an interesting choice for the third one. I don't hate it though. He's fast. Taves has some pull though. He might tell him, "I want to play with Kubalik." I, I well, I, I, it seems like that he's going to get his wish too because whenever they were together during the twenty nineteen to twenty season, uh, they were pretty good. So, 
I, this is a good transition point just for something that I want to watch. And I want to see if they get any matchups this year at all, because you know, that wasn't really a thing they tried to do, but the roster that they have is pretty well constructed for that. Yeah. I, and I don't know. I mean, I don't know how much guys chase matchups in the preseason, so it's going to be tough to evaluate that early on. But I think once we get to the, the actual games in October, I think it'll be a pretty quick, we'll be able to make pretty quick conclusions on whether or not, those matchups are being chased like they should. Right. Cause if, if doc does end up playing like the, like number one center and Taves or Johnson ends up on some kind of third, like kind of misfit toys, bum slaying line, they might be able to roll that out and score with that line. If they get the matchup, you know? Yeah. But to get matchups, I feel like they need to construct the checking line, which is something that he kind of like JC kind of plays around with, but, doesn't fully and like Strom was with the checkers, right? And yeah, that's and a real bad camp idea. Wasn't. <laughs> and camp was with Kane. I mean, oh. even even when they like swapped them out, like Connolly was playing. Like they haven't. He hasn't put any like a full line of checkers together really yet. So it's like annoying. Um, the fourth line shouldn't be a you're in the doghouse line to me. Right. I think it should no. be. It needs to be a you need to do this job very specifically line yeah totally but well, that's, you need yeah you need to roll all be able to roll all four lines to compete and win in this league anymore like you you can't just throw you know four oaths on the fourth line and start fights every 10 minutes they have to be able to you know they're not going to score 20 goals a season but you know they're, they they need to at least like not get run out of the building and then like you can put pk specialists there but you can't like you uh, tell this to the new york rangers but you like you can't put Ryan Reeves on the fourth line in 2021. Um, you have to have players that can actually skate and do something with the puck and transition and play uh, and possession style hockey. And the Blackhawks have had that. Like Camp and Carpenter are good at possession. Yeah, but poor Camp. Rest in peace. I mean, I mean, he's making some money now, so yeah. I mean, he's gone. He's dead to me now. <laughs> That's why I said rest <laughs> in peace. <laughs> I forgot he existed until Shepard just said that. Like he was gone from my brain completely. Hey, uh, the good news is he won't have anything to do after the second round of the playoffs. Yeah, yeah uh, neither will the Hawks. The other, <laughs> the other thing that I was thinking about that I would like, I hope that we see more of this year is um, possession in you know like cycling the puck more because they were terrible, one of the worst teams. <laughs> we're one and at, done every time. Yep. Yeah, they were they were pretty, you know, they did well off the rush in terms of like getting there. They actually had lots of wasted offense, but at least, you know, they were getting into the zone, but they can stay in the zone to save their life. So hopefully they do better there. Just a little bit more balance is no, all you're you're right. Because like if it wasn't a guy who could pick his corner, they're just shooting either into the goalie's chest or it was hitting the boards or something, like not just not even on target. And then you're going back the other way and they are not good transition the other way <laughs> at all. Yeah. Um, and and for the uh, for the sake of our sanity, like the it is a low bar. They're opening against the Red Wings, who might be getting better, but are still not probably not going to be a very good team this year. So it seems like they should, if you're going to have success. I mean, the Hawks were had some games where they housed Detroit pretty good last year, so um, they should be able to at least give us some doses of optimism. Are there any particular players you guys are intrigued to see? Like, obviously I'm like, I'm like most people, like I've watched Marc-Andre Fleury play a lot, but I think watching him 40 to 50 times a year is going to be a lot of fun because he plays a fun, if not nerve wracking, but still pretty good mm-hmm. style of goalie. Um, I'm, I'm all, Go ahead, Betsy. I was just, well, I was going to jump on the Fleury thing because I'm excited to see how angry he gets in practice because <laughs> Yes. Kane apparent Kane on every single shootout attempt has apparently scored on him. Yeah. Um, and he, he scored was, on him. Like from what I, I, I don't remember how many times he's only not scored on Flurry one time that he's ever faced him. Um, it, he's the number one goalie that Kane scores, scores on and, in shootouts. And um, like, even in the 2014 season when he wasn't, he couldn't shoot out worth crap. I think that was the season that Kane was like, he couldn't score a shootout goal for some reason. He still scored on Flurry. So um, 
just I want to I I think that's going to be hilarious in practice. Yeah, Flurry was uh, punting pucks into the crowd, I believe, because he was getting pissed because Kane was scoring on him. Tracy McGrady. That's just indicative of how competitive he is. That mm-hmm. practice. Uh, so, also his retro style pads are pretty slick for Ed's or for Tony Esposito. Yes, yeah. yes, it does. Are I mean a little bit. I, my first thought was like, is he trying to be Vegas? But like, oh no, it's the old brown goalie pad thing. I get. But it's it. like Carhartt. Yeah, yeah. He's <laughs> he's got Carhartt, Carhartt goalie pads. Carhartt goalie. Yeah, <laughs> that's that's pretty good. Um, uh, go ahead. John. I want to watch. I want to watch Reichel. I also yeah. want to watch. I, I was about to say his name. I'm down to watch Borgstrom and Nylander attempt to make this team. Um, I also don't know what Brett Connolly's up to because the Blackhawks <laughs> are paying him a lot of money. He I don't know if that's going to be played. <laughs> can, that dude can shoot though. Play no, in the he, NHL. Yeah. He used to be able to, he was yeah. the best shooter. He was the best shooter in the NHL for like five years, but it was like three years ago. Um, uh, I think that the most important guy this year to watch is going to be Kirby Doc because of reasons talked about earlier. For sure. Um, but And you guys all know I'm a mark for Wyatt Kalanuck, but I, I want to see him over 82 games because he's still very young and or new to the NHL, I should say. Uh, so that's, that's definitely a, a long haul of a season going from what did he play 20-some-odd last year. But, uh, yeah, I think uh, I think Reichel, too, will be a big one. I – might be reading too far into this, but I, I had this thought during uh, while I was reading about Wyatt Kalanuck at some point in the offseason. I think it was on the top 25 under 25 thing that did the Blackhawks, were they so excited about Wyatt Kalanuck's progression last season that that's why they thought they could trade away Adam Boquist? Uh, I'm not. I'm not going to assume that an undrafted free, he was undrafted, right? An undrafted free agent. No, he he was a seventh round pick. He just never yeah. signed. Yeah, in Philly. he was drafted and didn't want to sign there because there was like a billion guys ahead of him, and he probably thought, "Oh, I could make the Hawks." So an unsigned free agent. I, yeah, I I'm, know, not, I'm, I'm not going to say that he was that good. I'm. I'm not saying he's that good, Shepard. I'm just saying it seems like it seems like the Hawks are pumping his tires a little bit and that there's a element of like, they have similar styles of play. I'm not saying it's a good idea. I'm just saying, I, I feel no. like if why if, 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 if that was the idea, then it's another example of the Blackhawks having incredibly poor management. Well, I don't I, think they wanted to give up Boquist at all. I think the, their sticklers were, they didn't want to move. Obviously to was a no starter, but they were very much like no to doc, no to Reichel, no to Kurashev. Cause that was another name that kept popping up. And then, mm. but you can't say no to every single t- The Blackhawks don't have that <laughs> many top guys. I mean, we, I mean, we all know this, we have guys that we hope will be top guys, but there's no, we want Seth Jones, <clears throat> but we will not give you anything for him. I mean, I, I think, <laughs> I think fair, Bowman, trade. <laughs> fair trade, but I think Bowman does this thing uh, where it's like, cause don't get me wrong. I, I like Adam Boquist. I don't think he's going to become maybe like the greatest defenseman of all time, but he has a pretty good ceiling, but Bowman doesn't have any friggin' patience with anybody. So when they don't come out and play at that elite level right away, he trades everybody, every first round pick. Yeah, it's which again, <laughs> we 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 reset the clock after they traded Boquist. They still have not given a second contract to a guy they've drafted since Nicholas Olmerson. Yeah, and he didn't draft him. <laughs> yeah, I mean, there was a lot of worry about like when Dubrincic had his like slump, quote unquote. Yeah, um, I was like, God damn, if Bowman does his normal shit, oh yeah, we're gonna be like, this is gonna blow up in his face. But luckily, he wasn't an idiot there. I mean, and and that. Again, just- I'm glad you brought that up, Betsy, because it's kind of related to the Kirby Doc thing. Like, I'm like, I think we've all been not not disappointed, but like the the last year of Kirby Doc's career was very unfortunate. Like all the injuries, they and he came back and he really wasn't himself. And he like he looked really good in the 2020 postseason, uh, but obviously the the wrist injury kind of screwed up that whole year. So. It, it, it's kind of a lost year, which really sucks and is really frustrating. And I hope Kirby Doc has a great season this year. But we've all raved about how good Alex DeBrinkett was last season. That was his fourth NHL season or fifth? Damn it. No. I had, I had my speech prepared and I fucked it up. 
I think it was his fourth. It was his fourth. So Alex DeBringit played three full NHL seasons, the third of which was a pretty big slump, and the fourth one he turned into a star. So happens. Kirby Doc has played 82 NHL games in the regular season. He's played nine in the postseason. So it's just like it's like it's it's okay to be like bummed out and disappointed by what Doc has been. Maybe disappointed is the wrong word, or just underwhelmed by what Doc has been so far. But you can also like there's still room for him to grow. So I mean, like hopefully he starts showing it relatively soon because Debrinka did like was an immediate like oh shit this guy's going to be awesome type of thing and and we got that kind of out of Doc in the postseason for nine games which isn't a great sample size I think I think Kirby Doc would just it would be great to calm a lot of our fears if he just looked like the number three overall pick from day one this year I'll tell you I mean, to be to be fair two games is a rookie season so yeah this is his sophomore season. That's yeah, and I, and I was going to say that if you look at his numbers from last year, like his underlying micro-tracking numbers, they're all really great. Mm-hmm. Um, like his transition numbers were some of the best on the team. His He hasn't had as many games tracked as, say, like Strom, but um, his high-danger passes are like going to – they might surpass Strom's by the end of like when um, Corey's finished tracking them all and stuff like that. But – his underlying numbers were really, really good. He just couldn't shoot to, you know, like, and wrist injuries that'll happen. Yeah. And I know? was just going to say a guy with a bad wrist would probably not be able to shoot very well. But he was, he was still being able to, you know, pass pretty well. And he was pretty good at puck handling still, but, and you could, but you could tell as the, the sample size went on, it was starting to wear on him. Like you could tell towards the end. Um, but yeah, I mean, that's encouraging. I think everybody should be encouraged by that. Um, even even if it wasn't showing up in the results, it there's a lot under there that was working really well for him. Like, and and I hate myself for like asking this, but I'm going to ask it anyway because I I think it it narrows down the conversation to one point when it's a much more nuanced conversation. But Kirby Doc probably like the most important piece this season. Like like from like a big picture perspective, like he probably needs to take a bigger step forward than anyone else if the Hawks are going to be like good for the next three to four years, right? But yeah, that's exactly what I meant by like he's the guy to watch. Yeah, for the like long term, I'm not talking about just this season. Because like Kyler Johnson and Jonathan Taves aren't going to be around forever. And I mean Tyler Johnson's just Tyler Johnson, but you know what I'm saying. Like he's yeah. got to be the guy. Yeah, no pressure, kid. <laughs> I'm also uh, going to continue beating the drum that. Uh, Jonathan Tate is going to be back to his old self, just like Brian Urlacher after missing an entire football season, because, you know, no, uh, a full year off with no wear and tear on the body that I'm sure it's going to work out just the same. Um, I was going to ask you guys what your predictions were when it came to Reichel and Kurashev as the two waiver exempt players um, when they're trying to like rotate in all these like tweeners, um, the Borgstroms, the Godettes, the Nylanders, and I guess the Stroms, because, you know, like, nobody knows if Stroms really going to make the team. Um, <laughs> I, yeah, what the hell? I say, this, uh, uh, so. I say this as a not indicative of anything related to the players. I think it's more of an organizational thing, and I don't like it, but I feel like this is what's going to happen, is that both Kershev and Reichel will start the season in Rockford. And I don't like that, especially with Kershev, because I think he proved last season he shouldn't be up there, but I think that's what's going to happen. With Mitchell too. <laughs> well, Mitchell, yeah, Mitchell and Bodan might as well charge up They're the all podcast already. <laughs> carpool karaoke time. <laughs> yeah, I've come around to that. I don't mind. I would really, I really wish it would be just the best player should make it. And if Reichel and Kershev are better than everybody else, they should just make it. But I understand from an asset management perspective, I'm fine with that. Um, as long as they go together, because I'd like them to play together. I, um, I yeah. actually that would that make they, me want to go see the Ice Hogs. Actually, like, I know. I actually think that, they that would be, be a fun they, game. Yeah, they uh, Reichel and the prospect stuff that I I didn't watch when it was live, but I was catching stuff afterwards. He looked awesome. Yeah, like, like the the Reichel thing. It, it's I'm trying like you try not to get too far ahead of yourself, but like no one's saying anything bad about the kid at all. 
he looked a lot more creative. Like a lot of t- like he's not a terravine and he's not going to be like, I'm going to thread the needle. and It's going to look beautiful and magical or anything like that. But his passes are creative enough that you're like, oh, wow. When you see it, you know, and you're like, that's efficient while having a twist on it, you know? So I was, I was excited about that. He was, he wasn't quite, he was a little bit more direct um, in Germany. So probably because he was the types of players he was playing with, but like better players over there than, than the prospect tournament. Right. But, you know, cause most of those kids were like babies. Yeah. I think uh, I was going to add real quick. Um, they might get that like nine game window of trying a bunch of guys out and then they'll kind of just do whatever. Like, you know, they were letting guys like Kyle Bond play or whoever the hell. I don't know if they can cap wise. Yeah. They? With, yeah, it's it's interesting. With like with Reichel, like he does have, he's on his entry level deal, and I believe he can slide for another year if he stays down in the AHL the whole time. I they can, they can but, slide two years, right? Yeah, and it's already slid once. Well, yeah, they didn't sign him till this year, so we can slide once. Yeah. Um, but I mean, about like I'm with Betsy though. Like if he, I would rather burn a year of him at the NHL than and then have him just play in the AHL to save a year. Like if he proves he's good enough to be in the NHL to hell with the contract, put him in the NHL. But well, I guess, I guess yeah, we'll find like, out over the next week or so. Him going more than a point per game in the AHL does nothing good for anybody. Yeah. If he went yeah, into no. the AHL, I don't think he'd be, I don't even think we should be looking at his offense. So I think we should be looking at his defense. Cause I've hope I would hope that's what they'd be focused on down there. Um, Cause he's, decent defensively but it's not his strong suit like he's responsible so I'd hope they'd be focusing I know that they had him on some PK units um during practice today um and that is something that they should definitely push um a lot because he's got the awareness for it he's just hasn't done it very much in his career so if he goes to the AHL I hope he's learning fundamentals about that kind of stuff um which is what you should be doing down there just it is, it, that is like there. The point of the AHL from an NHL perspective is to prepare you for the NHL. At least. Yeah, we know he can I offense. <laughs> I want to know if he can defense because we don't have a whole lot of. We need better two way players. Yeah, yeah, yes, can can confirm. Um, well, I I think for the uh, as far as the Blackhawks preseason go, I think um, I, I think we're all set. Uh, like I I don't know what else. Uh, like we mentioned earlier, there are 63 players at this camp, which is why they're having three different practice groups a day. So I imagine, I assume after this initial chunk of preseason games, they will start sending guys down. I don't um, like they, they play, like I said, four games in six days. Then they have Tuesday and Wednesday off before playing two more. And then that's it. So I imagine relatively soon, they're going to need to start thinning down these rosters just so they can get better looks at the guys that they're trying to make decisions on. So we'll, uh, we'll keep an eye on that. We'll reconvene some point next week to uh, talk about where the Hawks are and where they're going in terms of the preseason. But I think for this episode, I think we can kind of put a bow on all of the discussion related to the Blackhawks and bring back our potentially award considered tradition of food takes. And Mill claims he has one from an, an experience, a very recent experience of his. Um, so Mill, uh, the floor is yours. Yeah, so uh, yesterday I visited a uh, lovely newer restaurant in the region uh, called Athenia. It's like an authentic Greek restaurant. So, ooh, ooh, uh, it's, go yeah, on, it's, yeah, it's yeah, very, I'm, I'm, I'm in. It's very good. You get huge portions, um, great service, and it's not like a diner where you go get lemon rice soup and it's Greek owned or something. It's like a legitimate, like you can get lamb and all that stuff. Oh. Um, and I ordered shrimp shish kebabs. And I was like, you know, shish kebabs are underrated and more places should offer them because the way that you cook them, everything gets cooked. It's not just like one side and then the other. And you could do vegetables and you could do seafood, meat, whatever you like. And I'm just like, this is underrated. I don't eat shish kebabs enough. I mean, so I mean, I'm I uh, I have no no objections, your honor. Yeah, so, yeah. Say, I, whenever I grill, I always stick things on shish kebabs because it's easier to flip. <laughs> and they cook, but they cook better, right? Like yeah, but I'm doing around. it for ease of. 
<laughs> you know, <laughs> I'm just really lazy. You could stick everything on there and slip them when you want to, and then you just slide them off at the end. Um, I'm like going to watch shish kebabs all the time now. Well, like, I, I mean, I'm going to be making them. Yeah, like, I mean, I think maybe we, maybe people need to get more uh, elaborate with their shish kebabs because I feel like when you see them, they always have like the exact same concoction. There's like, there's usually like some meat on it. I feel like some peppers. Some onion, maybe. Onions. And usually I, I've seen them a lot with pineapples, which actually like grilled pineapple is is the way to go for if you're going to eat pineapple. But um, I mean, I'm a, I, I think, I, I'm guessing the take here is just uh, more shish kebabs, please. And I'm yeah, you can make good combinations if you go out of your way, different sauces on top. I mean, there's that the sky is the limit. So what you're saying, I think, is just we as a country, I think this is a cause we can get behind. This is a bipartisan thing. Like, let's all let's all get into the shish kebab game. Do you yeah, let's, get, let's get experimental? Do you, do you slide your stuff off a shish kebab to eat it, or do you eat on the, the on the skewer? The, yeah, on the skewer. Uh, I, I like. I, I think the point of the shish kebab is to eat it right off the skewer. I always slide my stuff off. Well, that's not well. Fun. You could do either because it's. <laughs> I think. I think if you're eating it like at a restaurant with like a plate with sides that all go together, it's more about how the food was prepared. But like, if you're out somewhere, I still want to accidentally grilling. stab myself with a skewer while. <laughs> Well, just have hand-eye coordination, and then... <laughs> Look, I was like I told you guys, I was drinking strawberry mint stuff earlier, and I, like, spilled it while we were <laughs> when we were talking, and I'm like, great. Wasn't no, even th- moving very far. How did I do that? I think I think Mill has the right idea, though. Like, if you're, if you're having a shish kebab, like, at a restaurant, you should probably, like, remove everything from the skewer, because that's, you know, you're, you're in a formal place, probably need fancier. to be classier, fancier. Uh, but I think if you're, like, at a backyard barbecue... Just yeah, just yeah, just, just, just go right for in. it. Come on, yeah, You're just just digging like an animal. Well, what's funny I, too is like I have a gas grill, but today I was at the hardware store and I was eyeing some charcoal grills. After that, I'm like, hmm, how much time do I have to grill left this year? So, uh, I don't know. all year if you try hard enough, Mel. No, well, I want to get like the tailgating one, like that people take to Soldier Field, like the little one. Mm-hmm. Oh, baby, like, those are. Yeah, those are a solid move, you know. You could take them tailgating and stuff. All right, so uh, shish kebabs are good. Can't confirm. <laughs> Hell yeah. Now I'm sitting here trying to think of, like, other concoctions that you can make with your, like... Well, they do dessert ones, like edible arrangements and stuff. Like, okay. Like the fruit and the chocolate and stuff. But, like, that's kind of not really my, my thing. No, yeah, well, I, I think we're, we're looking more in the grill territory here. But I mean, like for me, think of anything you could grill, right? So I had shrimp, which was really yeah. good grilled. I don't know if you could do turkey on a shish kebab. Maybe not. I want to try like uh, like more because I, I eat a lot of seafood, like red snapper or salmon or something. Ooh, salmon on a shish kebab might be good. It just might fall apart. I I, I I'm almost scared to ask this just because uh, I feel like it's going to open way too many things. But like, what exactly makes it a shish kebab? I think just shish. Yeah. Okay. Well, asked and answered. All right. Cool. Yeah. All right. Well, good talk. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) Sorry, you guys are just the stick, of course. (laughs) Yeah. 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 All right. Yeah. Um, Well, I think that's going to do it for this episode. Any other final thoughts on the blackhawks or kebabs or mill? Go ahead. Yes. Yes, yes, yes. The United Center should market it. They can make shish kebabs that are little hockey sticks uh, and sell them at the UC. Free idea. Free idea for all the United, uh, all the Blackhawks employees listening to this podcast. All I think that is smart. I'm not going to lie because, I mean, they make me eat ice cream out of a helmet. I'm going to – yeah. Mill, did you say stick kebabs? Stick kebabs. It'll be like a hockey right. stick, and it's the one end will be sharper so you can slide them on, and then you can hold it at the other end where the, where the blade of the stick is. I mean, I, 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 I don't hear any bad ideas out of this. I'm going to no. go apply for a pet now. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just, I'm, I'm going, I was going down the roster trying to find if anybody has a good name, you can make a pun out of, but, uh, um, I think Riley Stillman's the best you're going to do. Unless, well, maybe if Ian Mitchell makes a team, you could have Mitch kebabs. That's not bad. Rockford could do Mitch kebabs. 
Yeah, there you go. Yeah, free, free idea for Rockford. There we go. We're, we're giving up free ideas to everyone tonight. Um, so, yeah, I think that's going to do it for this here episode, Amusing Zone Madison. Thank you very much for listening to this episode. We appreciate it. Hopefully everyone had a great offseason and is ready for some more Blackhawks hockey, just like I guess we kind of are. Um, you can follow all of us on Twitter. Again, I'm back on Twitter at SCH underscore Dave M. Shepard is at Shepard Price. Mill is at Mill182. Betsy is not on Twitter, but you can find all her work at secondcityhockey.com under the name LBR. Um, follow along all season. We're going to be doing plenty of preseason. And then once the games get going, we'll do our usual game previews, recaps, game threads, all that good stuff. Um, if you want to drop by our iTunes page and leave us a five-star review for this year podcast, that would be delightful. Um, and keep, uh, keep following along. We'll be turning out these podcasts regularly throughout the season. I think I might have one or two more Friday shows coming down the pike, but we'll see how that all works out uh, as things go on. So thank you again for listening to this episode. Thanks to Betsy and Shepard and Mill for hanging out tonight. Um, And I guess we'll wrap it up as we always do by saying go Hawks.